Hey Dave, I'm thinking about doing another revolution. Do you want to join up? I might need some help with organising the pamphlets though. Pop culture pastor. Okay, well, uh, hello. Cody's not here. This is weird. I'm not really sure how to start this without Cody, because usually I just start talking to Cody. You but, can talk to me. But instead of Cody, my wife Danielle's here. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> that's, that's all you got? Hello. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm a little discombobulated because um, we'll get into where I've been later on. Um, I don't want to talk about that yet, but then... We're getting ready to start recording, and we're hit with this news. Coolio died. I'm heartbroken. I don't Truly. think I don't think you're being sincere, and frankly, I'm a little insulted. <laughs> I'm I'm very broken up about this. He's gone off to be in Gangsta's Paradise, <laughs> and that's why are you laughing? I was dead serious. <laughs> I would like to. Um, in honor of Coolio dying, like, first of all, I don't know. Um, there's nothing, no news out yet. Coolio's manager, Jairus Posey, which he still had a manager. Was he still performing? <laughs> Why would you ask me? I have no idea. Well, I just thought since you're, you're <laughs> secretly a member of the Coolio yes, fan club. I've already poured out some of my propel water <laughs> for my homie. <laughs> no, stop. This is serious. <laughs> Coolio's manager, Jairus Posey, confirmed that he has died and a cause of death was not immediately available. Born artist Leon Ivy Jr. in 1963. He's 59 years Whoa. old. Yeah. That makes I didn't, me feel old. I didn't realize he was that old. Although in today's day and age, it doesn't that's 59. That's a that's a kind of a <laughs> bummer. Younger and younger, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I'm just like, man, what happened? I want to know what happened. Um but in honor of Coolio's passing, I thought I would do a dramatic reading. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. I'm trying to find a place <laughs> where I can live my life and maybe eat some steak with my beans and rice. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This is serious. Because I laugh when I'm sad. <laughs> you never take me seriously. Why don't you? <laughs> All right. Place where my kids can play outside without living in fear of a drive-by. Come along and ride on a fantastic voyage. Slide, slide, slippity slide. I'm hitting switches on the block in a 65. Come along <laughs> and ride on a fantastic voyage. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the dramatic thing any longer. How can you say those words and not sing it? You can't. Just roll along. Just roll along. That was a great song. I got... I don't think people really understand. Are they like in a blue car in the video? I don't even remember. It might have been black and white because that's I how they did remember. those videos back then. To be cool, like it made it seem gritty. Everyone talks about Gangsta's Paradise, but Fantastic Voyage was this song. That was the big one. I mean, Gangsta's Paradise may have sold more, but that's not what he got big with. He got big with Fantastic Voyage. I wouldn't know. <sighs> that song was legit. You did grow up in a small town. You were probably listening also, to that country music. I was also not really allowed to listen to music like that. So like, I remember sometimes sneaking around and watching MTV or whatever when I wasn't supposed to be. But like for the most part, like I wasn't exposed to music like that. My wife, Danielle grew up Baptist. <laughs> so yeah, it's a completely different 
way I grew up where my parents didn't really care what I was listening to. I mean, I was listening, I was turning up ice cube, the predator in like seventh grade <laughs> in my room, just jamming to it, just jamming to, to, you know, hits like it was a good day. Yeah. See, I don't even know. I don't I'm going to wet you. That sounds disgusting. Well, it was slang <laughs> for he was going to shoot you. Okay. Yeah, Ice Cube had some anger. Yeah. He had some anger back then. <laughs> he does family favorites now, though. He's uh, he's He does family films. Yeah. we. I mean, my family was the, like, we couldn't watch The Simpsons, although my dad did. And, like, like things like that. Like, we couldn't watch anything. But, and for a while, I think, if I remember right, you could, like, pay to like have MTV taken out of your regular cable package. And so my parents did that. So we didn't have any access, but after a while they quit paying the extra fee. And so then my older brother and I would occasionally like, you know, sneak around and watch it, which is why I have this like vague recollection of there's some kind of a rap video and they're in like a blue car and it's like got the hydraulics going or whatever, uh, well, but there, I can't, maybe that was something with Snoop Dogg. I don't uh, know. I, honestly, there was so many, anything West coast rap would have had that in it. Like, I mean, you can't even narrow that down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it was like my one exposure. Could have been Snoop. Could have been Dr. Drake rolling in my six, four. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I mean, it was all those songs probably featured that in their videos, but um, what what exactly is the package where you subtract M- you pay to subtract MTV? Is that the Bible Belt package? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't think it's available any longer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people would pay gladly now to subtract MTV because it's junk. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch it now. But um, anyways, yeah, I'm sad. I'm sad. Coolio, man. Uh, I had a lot of uh, fond memories of listening to his music rolling in my 8-4. <laughs> my 8-4 Olds Cutlass <laughs> that I had to hold the door shut because it wouldn't shut. See, when I hear the word Coolio, like the the guy is not the first thing I even think of. I think of like an expression like Coolio. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's so Coolio. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said that. No one, um, coo- yes. no one Coolio said Coolio <laughs> like that. Some people said it. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, welcome. This is Pop Culture Pastor, and you might notice it's a little bit different this week because uh, Cody is not here. Uh, I came back. We came back, and then um, Cody, there's sickness running in his house, and he didn't want to give it to us. Very thoughtful. Yeah. And... Um, you know, we don't we don't need to talk about what it is, but it starts with code, ends with vid. <laughs> Very sad. I don't know. I I don't know. He doesn't want to get us sick, so he is going to call in via the geek phone, which we are going to do right now. We're gonna. This is this is a first, Daniel. This is huge pop culture pastor uh, momentous occasion because we are going to go to the lobby and to the geek phone at the same time. Sounds wonderful. So welcome to Pop Culture Pastor, everyone. This is uh, your favorite podcast. And we're back from a week layoff. And as an extra bonus, we're going to the lobby and the geek phone at the same time. Danielle, to the geek phone! You're supposed to say something there. Like Cody always goes geek phone. I'm not going to the geek phone, though. You had my mic off. (laughs) Okay. So should I say, I'm going to go to... I'm going to go check on the children. Gosh. (laughs) Okay, to the geek phone, for real this time. Here we go. 
Okay, we're. I am talking to Cody on the geek phone. This is weird. Geek phone. <laughs> it's not the same, man. It's, it's not. This it's, is like I. I don't even know when you're talking and when I should stop. <laughs> yeah. Is now how how's how's Leah doing? She okay? She's good. Just a little under the weather, and I don't want to get all the rimbolts under the weather. So yeah, it's too late. One of our kids is sick. That means we're all getting it. It's like the beginning of an outbreak movie. It is like one when one of our kids gets sick. Like Dustin Hoffman shows up in one of those hazmat suits. <laughs> Just like the movie, man. I mean, and it's the littlest too. He might as well be that little monkey. Oh in, yeah. In the outbreak. That's all over your house now. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is, this is the first ever geek phone lobby segment. So I'm, I'm on the geek phone in the lobby. That's weird, and huh? I'm in the lobby of my house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's not subject people to this too long. <laughs> All right. Um, our first question, this is like a family thing tonight. Uh, the first question comes from my oldest daughter, uh, Ayla. Her name's Ayla. And she like she blew me away with this question. I had to put some thought into this. Uh, she asks this, Cody. If the podcast blew up overnight, she's a, she's a sweet girl. <laughs> if Very the optimistic. <laughs> if the podcast blew up overnight and Marvel offered you guys cameos in the next Marvel project that has lots of multiversal stuff, which alternate universe Marvel character would you want to be and why? And that's when Cody went rogue and went DC. <laughs> uh, okay. So to keep with the Marvel thing, I guess. Um, you know, I think I'd probably go Doctor Strange. Yeah, I can see that. You do you do have a Tony Stark look about you. I mean, Tony's probably the closest thing in our Marvel has to Batman, but <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Your answer is Batman? That's what you're trying to say? Yeah, I would love to do Batman. Maybe in one of those weird marvel dc crossover comics and somehow it happens in the movies because mm. at this point dc has gone under um i don't know but yeah i i think dr strange is my go-to just because ah he's intelligent and there's some of that mysticism that's in play and um yeah i i really like the dr strange story yeah. And and they've already kind of Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't really look like the comic book version of Doctor Strange. He doesn't no. have a lot of similarities other than he has black hair. And so, you know, they've already they've already, you know, gone away from that version anyways. They might as well if you were, they were going to have an alternate uh, a multiversal version, you could just you could pass for him. I mean, otherwise, I'm the mighty Thor and Yeah. yeah. <laughs> More like Wongers. <laughs> uh, is it, well, is there any other characters uh, that that come to your mind? Um, you could be you could be a Doctor Doom. 
I could be Doom, or I also vision myself as Frank Castle. <laughs> we have the same demeanor. Yeah, right. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that. Well, you may have acting chops. I don't know. Um, yeah. I was just thinking Dr. Doom, because even though it's not a real country, you look Latverian to me. Well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that means, because I, I don't know what Latveria means, but... <laughs> I'm going to assume Eastern European. I I think I'd pass for that. Yeah. Uh, Who are you? Well, I don't know. Okay. So like, it depends. Do I I need some qualifiers because if I got to do it right now, I'm, I'm a big dude. Can I, can I be a multiversal, uh, version of speedball? Who's chunky. (laughs) It would make his bounciness make more sense. Uh, (laughs) Uh, speedball, like I could be speedball, although nobody knows who that is, unless you were just a big new warriors fan back in the nineties. Um, if I, if I, if I had a year and they gave me a Hollywood chef to like, make me all the healthy, good tasting stuff. And I, I was able to get in shape then, um, man, this was rough. I think I could be Bruce Banner. Like, I think I'd have made a good Bruce Banner. I think, I, I don't know. I have broad shoulders, so maybe I'm too big to be Bruce Banner. Um, but like that's the per- his personality, I feel like is the most is the closest to mine. I couldn't do Thor. I couldn't pull off Thor. Hemsworth pulls that off. I couldn't be Captain America. I can't I can't play naive that well, I don't think. Um what about Gilgamesh? Okay. From Eternals. Yeah. Well, Gilgamesh is weird because they they obviously, you know, kind of race changed him in the movie, um, which is fine. Uh, but like, if yeah, I, I, then, I, then I'm like, well, does he have to remain that race, multiversal alternate versions of him? Or since they're all androids or whatever they are anyways, does it really matter? I don't think it matters. I could be Hercules. I could see that. Although I don't want to be because... Brett Goldstein's going to be the best Hercules ever. And I'm super psyched for that, even though that was from a movie that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think when I was a kid growing up, I would have wanted to be like Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom's a cool character. I think once he appears, the MCU, people are really going to like fall in love as much as you can fall in love with a villain. He's going to be a really cool villain. And I always wanted to like be Dr. Doom. Yeah, because right now I don't know if there's anyone clamoring to be a villain from the current villains of the MCU. Yeah. Well, it's weird to say you would, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Dr. Doom. But he's, like a lot of Marvel villains, he's sympathetic in a way. Like, he feels, him and Reed go back a long ways. Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. And he feels like he's always trying to get out from Reed's shadow. And then he, like... He really likes Sue Storm. And of course, Sue Storm marries Reed Richards. And so, like, this, that, those bad feelings just like kind of continue on. And he always has this thing for the invisible woman, Sue Storm or Sue Richards, after she gets married. But like, he's, he's sympathetic in a way. And he has, well, he had a terrible upbringing. His face is disfigured from a lab accident. That's why he wears the mask to begin with. Probably caused by Reed Richards. I just had a lot in common with Doom. 
Except I didn't have an Eastern European country I ruled over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. It would be fun to be Thor, but I would not be convincing. Um, Loki. I I think I can do that. You could have pulled off a Loki. Yeah. How uh, one of the variants? Yeah. So the the hard thing about some of the characters is, is some of the some of the actors have portrayed them so perfectly that it just doesn't seem right. Like a variant Captain America that would be other than Chris Evans. I'm just like, no thanks. Well, maybe in whatever uh, world or universe that. Uh, the last Doctor Strange took place in where it was the worst of the worst of the <laughs> Illuminati. Maybe you could be that captain. Yeah. <laughs> the, the worst of the worst Illuminati where Reed Richards tells you how to beat Black Bolt right out of the gate. Yeah, that was bad. It was. Okay. That was a good question uh, by my daughter. Uh, the next question comes from Dave, David Allen. And Florida and uh, best wishes to them because they're about to get hit with a hurricane. Uh, But he says in the spirit of national video game day, I'm not sure when this was, but it was here in the last couple weeks in the spirit of national video game day. What is your all time favorite video game? I wish that we had like a YouTube channel so people could see this, but I have. Star Fox 64 <laughs> in my hand. He's he's holding it up in the Zoom call. <laughs> I am. Um, that is my all-time favorite. Like now, why the, is it your all-time favorite? Oh, there's so many quotable lines from all the side characters. Your father helped me like that too. You worry about your own hide. <laughs> like, and there's just more of them. And there's a lot of really tough levels and like you're trying to get as many uh, kills. So then you get like a bigger paycheck at the end, if you actually beat the final boss. And then like, I don't know what I spend this paycheck on, but (laughs) it's a lot of money. And also star Fox just was really cool. Side note. But I got our, yeah. Side note. Do, do you beat games the same way these days as we did back then? Or are they just all open world things now? Um, so my favorite game on a modern system is an open world. And I mean, you can beat the main storyline, but there's so many side quests that it never ends. Yeah. I think um, if we're talking about like just hours logged, my favorite um, console games would probably all mostly be sports games. Like the Sega Genesis really had some amazing EA sports games, early days of EA. So when they did college football, still uh, NHL hockey, 94 is an amazing game. NBA live 94, 95 were both amazing games on the Sega. Like the, you know, the graphics aren't like they are today, but for realistic sports gameplay in a video game, those games were amazing. I think people forget how amazing the sports games were for the Sega Genesis. Um, the Super Nintendo, like Zelda, a link to the past was just an amazing game. And I played that a lot. Uh, enjoyed that one. 
But like, I think if I'm talking just my favorite, like the favorite games that I wanted to play, um, well, first of all, NBA Jam in the arcade, and then later NBA Hang Time, which was like a sequel. Um, it, was legit. Yeah, NFL Blitz, which was by like the same makers. They made mm-hmm. a football kind of version of that. Um, and those were, I played those games the most. Hours logged, easily NBA Jam is the game I played the most, and I love that game. But my favorite game ever, favorite game of all time, was Cyberball 2072, I think was the full name. And it was a double-sided arcade cabinet right so but it was like it was the screens were facing opposite directions so that you could play against someone else you couldn't see the plays they were calling it was like the first arcade game to really have a different kind of design and it was football with robots and i loved this game cody it was my favorite game by far and you could still play it it was on the xbox 360 like as one of the downloadable things and i would play it still on that occasionally but that was that was my jam. Then now I didn't play it a lot because it yeah there were so this was the genius part of it. I think Atari was actually the makers of this game, and the genius part of this is they made it since it's future and it's robot football. They changed the rules. They made it six quarters, so they're oh. not quarters. So six periods of football, and of course you had to pay a quarter for every period. So a full game, and this was back in the day when most games were still a quarter. Yeah, you had to buy, you had to pay a dollar fifty to play the whole game. That's too much. Yeah, and so I didn't play it a lot because I was broke. Middle school that game came out when like I was in, I want to say I was in seventh eighth grade. So we're talking, um, man, I must have been like 13, 12, 13 years old. So we're talking like late eighties when that game came out. But I love that game. I, I wonder if anyone out there, if anyone knows what I'm talking about, please comment. On, on the post for this episode because I'd love to know if anyone else played Cyberball because uh, I feel if alone in that. To have that game and want to give it to us, Dave's here for it. Oh, man, if that arcade cabinet still exists, that would look really nice here in the pop culture pastor layer. It would. It would look amazing. So just saying, mysterious benefactors... <laughs> I'm going to go look it up now and see if it's on eBay or something. Uh, uh, Danielle's sitting right here. Cause you know, she's, she's helping me out with the episode this week. Um, she's not going to like this, but I'm probably going to have to buy one now. She's shaking her head. No, she's shaking her head. No, Cody. <laughs> um, I don't hear a no. And so it's a no. go. Oh, she just said no, Cody. Did you hear that? She said no. We're this close. Oh, we were so close. All right, man. That's the lobby. We'll come back to you in a little while to talk to you about uh, your pop culture comfort foods. As okay. I don't know what else to call them, but you know, uh, we'll come back to you in a little bit to the geek phone. All right. Adios. See you in a minute. Okay, we're back. That was that was a successful segment. The, lo- the lobby and the geek phone all in one, out of necessity. It had to be done. 
We couldn't, we couldn't do an episode of pop culture pastor without Cody, but we had to scramble. Cause it, I mean, it was literally a couple hours before we were going to record and, and he texted me. I was like, dude, I can't make it. In other words, I'm pretty much like a last choice. No, <laughs> no, you're an excellent. You're like the sixth man award in the Aww, NBA. That's nice. You came in gunning off the bench like uh, Del Curry. <laughs> that's old school talk right there. Um, okay. So yeah, welcome back. Uh, it's time for the main part of, uh, our podcast. And this is the part where I have to do an explainer because, you know, I was gone, you know, we didn't do a pod last week and I wasn't real forthcoming about what was going on. Um, but last Friday, um, my mom got a call cause she was actually staying with us. She was actually at our house playing with the the kids, the grandchildren. And um, something had happened with my stepdad. Um, And it turned out he had a stroke, massive stroke, as we would find out later. And uh, made made my way down there. And to be with my mom and to be in this situation as it was happening. And uh, he passed away the next day. Um, And it was it was hard. Is really hard, and uh, of course, it's been a difficult week for my mom. And uh, I was there; I've been staying uh, at my mom's house, just trying to to be with her and to to help her out with all the uh, all the weird things you have to do. Like it's such a surreal thing. Um, if someone, I'm sure there's someone listening who can relate, mm. because that's the human experience: is we're all going to lose someone at some point. Uh, but it's such a surreal thing because you're hurting and you still have all this like adult things you have to do. Red tape type stuff, bureaucratic type stuff. You know, you got to like contact insurance companies and, um, you know, you're talking about life insurance policies and making sure, you know, social security is going to switch over because, you know, my mom was married, my my stepdad, uh, they were married for 36 years. My stepdad was retired, so he was already getting Social Security and retirement. He was a firefighter for 20-some years in the city of Lawrence in Kansas. Um, and so there's all this, you know, bureaucratic stuff you have to do. And I tried to help her out as much as I could with that. And so she wouldn't have to worry about it. And, of course, there's people coming and going. And <clears throat> it was just um, – it's a weird experience. Um to to be in a place where you're just you're hurting and yet life goes on and uh, my family we've had a couple moments like this in the past where we were thrust into this and like i said it's a human experience and most people will know what i'm talking about but it's just a weird kind of balancing act of balancing between your hurt your grieving your mourning and then this other side of it where life goes on and that's a real hard. Um, it's a real hard thing to deal with. It's a struggle because part of you doesn't want life to go on. You want to kind of freeze right there in that moment, uh, but then you you feel the, which is the the ineptitude of that. Like it doesn't even matter. Like you can't do that, and so you begrudgingly start to move forward. And um, that's where we're at, and that's where I was at, and. We're still we're still trying to move forward, and uh, my mom is is still moving forward. My mom's a strong person; she's always been strong. Uh, that's where I learned 
Well, I didn't really learn. <laughs> She's way stronger than me. Um, she babied me when I was growing up, so you know, that's why. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where we were last week. That's why we didn't have a podcast because uh, my stepfather passed away, and I've been uh, helping out and and doing all that stuff and and planning funerals, and it's just a surreal thing. I'm glad to be back, but then it's kind of different still too. Um, and that's kind of where we, where we're going with this because we had these experiences in the last week that I want to let you guys in on because, um, like I said, my mom's a really strong person. And so during the day when people are there, there was a lot of distraction. Uh, there was a lot of laughing. You share memories and stories and you're doing all this thing and you're, you're, you're around family and friends and even in those moments, you're just kind of distracted and you do it, but it's when all they all go away for the night. And I was staying at my mom's and many nights, it was just a, a few nights. It was just me and her. And she says, Hey, do you want to watch Jeopardy? Now my mom and I love trivia. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things we have in common. We don't, we don't have a ton in common. So trivia was always like we we would play one on one games of Trivial Pursuit. Which, if that it's sounds, been, it's been rumored that they all studied the Trivial Pursuit cards in the bathroom. That's what <laughs> losers say when they lose. No. Yeah, that's what losers say when they lose. Just because our knowledge is uh, who like uh, who can memorize all those cards? That's ludicrous. Um, but yeah, we would play one on one games of Trivial Pursuit. And that's just the kind of people we were. And we love watching Jeopardy. And this has all happened. And I'm sitting there with my mom who's sad, but we're watching Jeopardy and we're getting into it. And this, it kind of dawned on me like, oh, we turn to pop culture when we're dealing, right? Like there's, and it has functions. Like we watched movies. There would be movies on, like we would turn on, like she has HBO, which she has satellite, She's like the only person who hasn't switched over to streaming <laughs> under the age of 70. <laughs> I'm just kidding, mom. I love you. Uh, but yeah, so she, they still have like uh, direct TV. And so it like will record all the shows. So there was, she had a bunch of Jeopardy saved up. We just started watching Jeopardy. And I thought, oh, wow, this is really soothing because we're back in like a groove that we were in when I was much younger. Mm. And so I got to thinking about this. I got to thinking about this, this real place that pop culture uh, takes up in our lives for when we're hurting. Because as I started to think about it, I was like, oh yeah, there's movies I like to watch when I'm down. There's music we like to listen to when we're down. Books we like to read. Games we like to play. There's just old familiar things that we go to when we're hurting. And I thought of this as I was sitting there beating the nerd out of my mom at Jeopardy. (laughs) She might deny that, but I was totally winning. But there were no witnesses? No. And we weren't keeping score. I just know I was winning. Mm, of course. Because we're very competitive, mm. even when we're hurting. <laughs> and so I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. I wanted to talk about, like, do you, what's your go-to when you're hurting? Uh, well, so when you asked me if I would be on the podcast tonight. Again, I know I was your first choice. And you were considering getting rid of Cody, right? 
kidding, Cody. Um, I See, I'm probably like the last person you should have asked because I think in my life now, I don't have a whole lot of time for anything pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> I think like I, as I was pondering all of this today, I was like, what do I like to do when I don't feel good or when I'm sad? Like, I think I don't have a lot of time to sit in that at this mm. stage of my life. Cause I'm, I'm taking care of four kids and I have a job and we homeschool our kids. And so I'm just busy and I don't have a lot of time to sit. But as I reflect back, like, like I have the TV shows that I still, when I, if I don't feel good, like there are certain TV shows that I still like, I remember in grade school, like my mom would always put the soup pot on the floor beside me on the couch. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. If you were sick. Right. <laughs> yes. And like I would, I would lay there and I would watch like Bewitched and Green Acres and Andy Griffith show and Gilligan's Island, like those shows, like th that's what I remember watching. And like, those are still the shows I think about when I don't feel good. Like mm -hmm. even over like maybe a, a modern show that, you know, I'm trying to watch or something with new episodes. Like I still think about those old ones, <clears throat> but I'm just thinking about how less I would have played hooky if my mom was at home. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause your mom was at home. Yes. My mom. So you, most of the time she was home. Yeah. So you would just be, you would actually be sick. Yeah. I was actually sick. Yeah. See, I didn't know. I wasn't always sick. Spoiler but, alert. Like there were good things about that too. Cause like, <clears throat> like I literally didn't have to do anything. Right. Like if I wanted to eat something, she oh, yeah. would fix me whatever I wanted basically as long as, you know, well within reason, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, you know, sometimes it tastes better when your mom puts the butter on your toast than when you do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like that was a bonus of having your home. Well, see young people. So they're not going to be able to identify that very well because then now we're in the streaming generation where you just watch whatever you want to watch. And, and so like what you're describing, that was like what was on TV. Yeah. So like syndicated TV, they would show all these old TV shows in Called the morning. Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Beverly Hillbillies, Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch. Was yes. a big one. I can remember though all those shows. Being the on. Monsters. Eight is Enough. Um, I, I didn't ever watch that. With show. Dick Van Patten? I didn't ever watch that. Show. Oh. oh, but Dick Van Dyke show, I watched that. And the Mary, <laughs> the Mary Tyler, Tyler Moore, Moore show. Yes. Right. These old shows were yeah. just on. Nickelodeon uh -huh. played a lot of them in the mornings, um, which they kind of transitioned. I'm so, pretty sure it was on TNT when I was a kid. Maybe. Yeah. So very early on, Nickelodeon would play those shows in the morning. Then they kind of transitioned to that Nick after night, Nick, Nick at night. Mm, yes. where they would play all the old stuff and yeah. then they put like their own kitty stuff in the morning. Uh, but when it first started off, they would play a lot of those in the morning and I can remember all that too. Um, yeah. Uh, like TV. I, I didn't watch a lot of TV. Um, I can remember watching Price is Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. The game shows. Yeah. Yeah. Price is Right would be on in the morning and I would watch it sometime, but mostly my go-to when I was really sick when I wasn't faking. Wait, can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to guess it was the Goonies. Oh, yeah. That was always the first one I watched. Okay. And then I'm going to guess the Burbs was in there somewhere. It was. Okay. So the first movie I watched was Goonies. You're not wrong. Okay. So the first two movies were were set in stone. Um, Hoosiers. Goonies and Return of the Jedi. Oh, okay. 
Those were the first two I would watch. Then the third one, it was like a revolving door. Okay. I would switch it up. One, I, the Burbs mm-hmm. when it would come, when it came out later on because that came out a little bit later. Um, Hoosiers, I wasn't not yet. Okay, that wasn't really um, there for me yet. But um, Ghostbusters mm-hmm. would have been one that I would have watched. Um, yeah. So did you watch these movies on like? Where did you have them on like? Tape? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We had a library. See, we didn't have stuff like that, but yeah. <laughs> we had a library of VHS tapes that would have like three movies per videotape. Like there would be three things written on the like Oh, like things thing. that you had just taped. Yeah, that we would tape they were off of like HBO yeah. or yeah. So you saw like commercials or whatever on there too. Yeah, that was re- No. Oh, because it was HBO. Because yeah. you would tape it off of HBO. So like my parents- like a lot of people back then, we're really big off of, hey, we'll get HBO, and then when a movie we want to watch comes on that we want to have, we'll tape it. We'll tape it because it was still like not cost effective to buy. Like they sold VHS tapes in stores, right. but they were super expensive still. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't cost effective when you could pay like you know ten bucks a month for HBO. So we didn't have HBO, which is a whole other story, but. <laughs> Wasn't Baptist? Uh, well, no. Well, I maybe. <laughs> Do you want to hear the story? No. <laughs> okay. No. Um, we didn't have that. So we had like Blockbuster or there was, for a while, there was one other video store in town. And in order for us to be allowed to rent a movie, we would like have to call and ask them if they had a copy of Brian's song for my dad or he wouldn't <laughs> let us rent a movie. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> if you're unaware, Brian's song is the story of Gail Sayers and his best friend, Brian Piccolo, Brian Piccolo, who played for the Chicago Bears and Brian Piccolo got sick and passed away. It is a very good movie. It's a, it's a man cry movie. Highly recommend. But for the older generation, it was like an older generation man cry movie. Yeah. Um, also Gail Sayers from Kansas. Woo, woo, yes. Like some Gail or he played. Was he from Kansas or did he just go he, to KU? He played it for KU, but I don't know if he was from here. We saw him in Lawrence one time. Do you remember that? We did see. I was angry because you wouldn't Sanders. ask him for an autograph. I didn't want to badger him. <laughs> he was probably. He would have been flattered, I'm certain. I know. I've heard everything I've heard about Gail Sayers. He was yeah. a nice man. Yeah. But you yeah. You should have asked him. It was for my dad. That's why I asked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jim. <laughs> sorry, Jimbo. I did not get Gail Sayers' autograph. He would have, you're right. He would have loved it. Anyway, I was just curious. I was sitting over here feeling envious of your ability to just watch movies. So I was curious how you were watching them. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we had it on VHS. Top Gun would have been another one I watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember watching Top Gun a lot. Uh, Red Dawn. There was a part of me that liked watching like the, the intense action kind of movies. These are while you were sick? Is that what you were? As yeah. far as my parents knew. <laughs> <laughs> or just didn't want to go to school. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes I was sick. Sometimes I was faking. Uh, but the movie stayed the same. Yeah. Uh, so when I was sick, I would watch them too. Um, it's weird because uh, there's definitely the TV part. The TV was more memory based. But the movie stuff was very much my feelings, feelings based. And yeah. Yeah. What about you? So when you say feelings-based, do you mean like they made you feel better or they made you Um, like sit in whatever you were feeling? Okay. So when, as I get older, the movies that I watch that are feelings-based, that make me feel better feelings-wise are movies that had like 
a glorious happy ending, right? So the things that so popped in my mind, things that make you feel better. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So like you said, Hoosiers, and that would later in life, yes, Hoosiers, Rudy. The it's usually the sports movie where there's struggle and there's bad things happening, and then the underdog fights through the struggle and the thing and wins the day at the end. They conquer the mountain. It's David and Goliath stuff. You know, that's the stuff that. Really, I enjoyed watching Miracle when it came out about the uh, the eighties hockey uh, U.S. hockey team. Yeah. Um, so those movies, th- there's those kind of feelings that I really want that I really liked. Um, another one that I enjoyed watching was all the Indiana Jones movies, but that's a different thing. That was sort of like there's something about getting lost in an adventure. Mm, yeah, and, and Indiana Jones was they're movies that you don't have to. So they're based on when George Lucas and Spielberg made Indiana Jones, they based it on these old pulp comic serials, right? Um, serial S E R I L. Thank you for clarifying. Not breakfast serials, but they based it on these old stories that they grew up with. And the cool thing about Indiana Jones is, is you, it's not complicated. So many action movies now, there's these like complex yes. things going on. They're like Jack Ryan and government and there's espionage and, and all these things. And the thing about Indiana Jones that nobody's really duplicated is they're just, you, you quickly get to lose yourself in just an adventure. Yeah. In fact, you lot, we lost ourselves in the adventure so long. We did. It took us years to realize that Raiders of the Lost Ark it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have ended any different if Indiana Jones just wasn't in it. <laughs> and now I can't not think about it because it's such a great movie. But then I'm like, oh, the same exact thing would have happened if Indiana Jones wasn't involved at all. The Nazis would have found the the Ark. They would have tried to open it and burn themselves up. Yeah, just the same way they did. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but yeah, the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, especially, and then Temple of Doom. And then when Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came out, that's a real feel-good one because it's funny. It's a little more lighthearted in moments, but still like has that same sense of adventure. I mean, they're going after the Holy Grail, mm-hmm. for goodness sakes. Like, it doesn't get more adventurous than that. <laughs> that's wild. And then it ends like with this nice moment of his dad being the loving dad and calling him by the name he wouldn't, he refused to call him by <laughs> Indiana, Indiana, let it go. You know, like it's just, it's a, and that played to my dad's sensibilities too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, cause I had dad issues, daddy issues. Um, so that was a feel good movie for me. Uh, field of dreams, another daddy issues movie. That's a good one. Oh. I would say that's a feel good movie for me too. Yeah, I like that movie. Really, mm-hmm. you don't really hear, you don't usually hear that from women. From girls, yeah, because it's yeah, real. No, I do a, like that. movie I mean, a it's lot. essentially a movie about sons and their fathers. Yeah, I know, but I like that movie. Good. Yeah, that's great. We should watch it soon. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, what about you? What? Um. What do you like to watch when you're down? I mean, so. I like I really like the movie Clueless, which mm-hmm. is probably very typical of a of a girl that grew up in the nineties. <laughs> um, I like that movie. I think about like when I went away to college. There were times when I was super lonely, um, and I enjoyed watching movies like 
Oh, I watched. Um, I mean, I think at that time it was like whatever made me just feel happy and not think about whatever was making me feel sad or down or whatever. And so mm-hmm. I liked shows like, um, uh, oh, I've probably watched the movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days more than any other movie in my <laughs> life. <laughs> that movie is hilarious. Uh. Um, <laughs> and Well, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I too would like to, I wasn't opposed to watching a romantic comedy type movie. Yeah. Like f- I've, I've shared on the podcast many times that the family man with Nick Cage, yes. which is part holiday, part Christmas, but part romance movie, mm-hmm. like lost love and trying to get it back. And when I have felt alone in my life, in my younger life, that was a movie I really liked to watch in those times. Yeah. That made me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. So those are kind of some of my favorite movies when I was a teenager and very, um, I don't know, angsty. <laughs> I liked, the, I liked the movie, um, meet Joe black a lot, <laughs> which, which makes me laugh a lot now <laughs> because it's kind of a ridiculous movie. But <laughs> at the time I can, I can remember watching that like multiple times and it's a super long movie too. And like crying a whole lot. Yeah. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, w- w- what about television? Was there a TV show you like to watch? Um, now in the age of streaming and binging. Yeah. So I go to Gilmore Girls. Like Gilmore Girls and The Office are like the two shows that I go to the most. Probably. Um, Gilmore Girls is probably my favorite show of all time. Um. I don't know. I I can watch that one and pick up anywhere in the season, like any eat any season, any episode. <laughs> okay. So I've never watched a full episode of Gilmore Girls. <gasps> Are you kidding me? Nope. How did I not know that? Because in those moments when you're watching Gilmore Girls, I'm not you, paying attention to you. You don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you don't need me. So yeah. you like it's you're not a needy person like that either. You're like well, you can watch it if you want to, but I don't need you to watch it with me. Yeah. Some people are like, I want you to watch this with me. <laughs> Why won't you watch this with me? Whose and voice are you doing right I now? I don't know. Just people that are like that. <laughs> I've had friends that are like that. And then like you're watching it with them and they're looking at your face to see your reaction. It weirds you out. <laughs> right? Some people are just like that, but you're not like that. You're, you're just like, well, I'm watching Gilmore Girls. So yeah. I have never watched a full episode of Gilmore Girls. However... I'd be lying if I didn't feel the good vibes. Yeah, even like, the little bits I get. It from gives it. you so it's funny. The everything is fast and quick witted and funny, but then it's also got like this sentimental, like I don't know, like I wish I could live in Stars Hollow. Right. Like the town is so quaint the, and the small town stuff. Yes. It's the stuff that just jumps off the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know what it is about. Any kind of TV shows, and I've noticed that when you're watching Gilmore Girls, when I catch a piece of it, is there something about like living in a small town like that that's quaint and um, just everybody knows everybody? There's something comforting about that? Yes. Um, I like this movie when I was growing up with Chevy Chase called Funny Farm, where him mm. and his wife move out from the city to a small town that appears, they play on that trope, where it appears to be like that until they buy the house. When they're looking at the house... And the realtors showing the house, they're all like the the town is all idyllic. Right. And then as soon as they buy it, they find out everyone's a jerk. <laughs> and then they do the same thing to the next people. They try and sell the house, but then they end up finding out that they love all the people in the town and they decide to stay. Spoilers. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, there's something about 
some sort of entertainment pop culture where it takes place in like the small idyllic quaint town. Yeah. With the historical reenactments and the, you know, knitting, <laughs> the, the knit-a-thon to raise money to rebuild the old bridge and <laughs> yeah, all of that kind of stuff. I don't know. I wish I could live in a town like that. Chanute is not that town. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about music? Um, so I, no, let's, let's diagnose that there's a difference here. Okay. Okay. So pop culture, when we're sad, we almost always watch things that make us happy. Right. Okay. There's some, there was usually, there was some rare cases where we're watching something sad to go along with our sadness. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we're watching things that make us happy. Not so with music. No, usually with music, you want sad music. Yeah, that's weird, right? Yeah, yeah, that is weird. And and I don't really understand that part of it because I'm, I'm I'm sure a psych, psychotherapist or something could <laughs> could tell us. We'll ask Cody later. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. When we talk to him on the geek phone again, we get his ideas. But <laughs> go ahead with your sad um, music. <laughs> I uh, listened to the uh, Coldplay. <gasps> no, <laughs> no. I'm just going to keep throwing out Coldplay. I listened to, so there was, oh my gosh. Her oh, she can't was, think of it. Her name was Tori Amos, and she oh. was a hot mess. Oh, And I yes. loved that album. Yeah. And anyone over a certain age just went, yes. Yeah. I, I listened to that <laughs> album a lot. And she, oh man, that, that girl was a mess. And yeah, then. Yeah, you think Taylor Swift's got it bad. Tori Amos. <laughs> Yeah, she was the saddest. She was a mess. And then um, Counting Crows. I listened to the Counting Crows. Oh, uh, yeah. The August and Everything After. That was the name of the album. And there was one song on that album called Perfect Blue Buildings. And I can remember, like, repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, what was it about ca- Counting Crows? It was, Man. like, just so maudlin and dreary. And yeah. I don't know. But it was so good. It was Lyrically, they were very good. They were very, I mean, they were very good. Did Adam Duritz just have the worst childhood? Like, how do you, <laughs> how, <laughs> he was just, like, uh, that was his name, right? The lead singer with the dreadlocks. Uh, Adam something. I guess yeah. I didn't know his last name. Oh, man. Sounds good. But for a while there, he dated um, Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. Like he went from one to the other. I didn't know that. I think so. Hmm. Yeah, back when Friends was first like becoming a thing. Interesting. Yeah, that was before Brad Pitt. My grandma subscribed to the Inquirer, in case you're wondering how I knew all that. (laughs) I have a lot of Inquirer-backed knowledge, which turns out to not be knowledge at all. That might not be factual. So maybe, yeah. So maybe he didn't <laughs> date them. Okay. What that other- was all very good to not know. <laughs> <laughs> what other music did you um, like to listen to? Dave Matthews Band was another big one for me. Um, yeah. Although, like, so Dave Matthews Band, like the song I remember listening to the most from him was Two Step. And I wouldn't say that's a sad song. Like, No, I was just about to say Dave Matthews Band is like the saddest music that's actually happy. Yeah, like there is like a happiness factor to his music. But yet if you listen to the lyrics, yeah, yeah. there's like a bounciness to the songs. But like I'll read the lyrics to some of those songs. Yeah. Eesh. So yeah. So music is different now because you don't get the little booklet with all the lyrics in it. <laughs> yeah. You have to look it up online. Right? Like when I was mm. a teenager, I would like get all the booklet out and like read it until I had it all memorized. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then in my college days, one of the bands I listened to the most was um, OAR, Of a Revolution, mm, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that I listened to that music because it made me feel happy. Like, I mm-hmm. liked that. Yeah. Yeah. It would, was it because you saw them live, right? Well, no, or, I got into their music before I ever saw them live. Okay. Um, there's there's so, bands that I saw the, live that made me happy, and then I would continually go back to their live stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. it would remind me of like that great Having night seen when you them. went to that yeah, concert. Yeah. 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 Um, now I listen to like worship music mostly. Mm. Now <laughs> Which, does worship music make people happier? I think it, it makes my spirit happier. Yeah. Okay. It's worship music's weird for me. I didn't grow up in church. Uh-huh. So worship music is weird because um, I, I, Yes, acknowledge that the lyrics are happy lyrics. They're they're praise. You're you're praising in a lot of cases, right? But the tone of some of the music is kind of sad. Some of it is kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. It's a weird thing. I just hit the mic. I think some of that though is like, um, like it, I don't know. For me, I like to remind myself about how how to prioritize things. Right. So like setting it all straight in my mind. And sometimes I think worship music can help me do that. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. I don't know. Yeah. Um, music's weird too, because uh, I can remember. Yeah. Sad music. I had mixtapes for when I was sad. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like recording from the radio or whatever. Yeah. And it was yeah. just a mixtape full of sad songs. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I don't know what it was, but, yeah, when I was sad, I had all these sad 80s songs. Um, uh, Lady in Red. <laughs> Lady in Red. Why? Is that secret <laughs> me? Why were she, you listening she, to that song? <laughs> because it made me think of how I never got asked to prom. I never got to go to prom with anybody. By or the lady dances. in red. You're, hey, by the way, you're supposed to ask the lady to prom. I know. I was much too shy for that. <laughs> so I would listen to that song when I was feeling lonely and sad about not going to dances. Um, what The song at the end of uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, uh, every time you go oh, away, yeah. you take a piece of me with you. Yep. I don't even remember who that song uh, was by, but I remember I'd listen to that one. Oh. Let My Love Open the Door, which uh, isn't particularly sad, but... I did not have anyone's love opening doors for me. <laughs> and so it made me sad. <laughs> it's weird though, because like I can remember listening to some music when I was sad that would make me happy. Like journey. I would just listen. I could just listen to journey for uh, hours on end when I was sad. And that just made me happy. Journey foreigner sticks. Just a lot of these, those cool uh, pop pop bands in the eighties. But yeah, but I'm, I share your Dave Matthews band. I listen to a lot of Dave Matthews, especially I can remember in a particularly down year, I listened to the album with Don't Drink the Water oh, on yes. it quite a bit because that was kind of a more down album for Dave, the Dave Matthews band. Like there was that song. There was the, the Dreaming Tree was on that album. There was a bunch of sad songs on that album. And Dave Matthews heads would, would know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, the love songs. I would only listen to love songs when I was sad. 
I didn't like listening to love songs when I was yeah, happy. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. Like, like the, think about like Garth Brooks and all his sad love songs. Yeah. Jay-Z <laughs> and Beyonce. That was a joke. That, you didn't even get me. Well, I'm trying. I'm sitting over here. I'm like, I'm like looking at my phone because I'm trying to remember. Oh, there was a folk band that I loved so much. Was it the Indigo Girls? Yes. Yeah. I could not think of the name of them. Do I know you I or listened, do I know you? You do know me. <laughs> I listened to the Indigo Girls a lot. Yeah. yeah. I remember that song, that big song. Yeah. Uh, it's something about How being fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. Closer yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. Closer I am to find. <laughs> I think I was a little off key there. Yeah. Sorry, well, Indigo Girls. That's okay. I don't think they'll be <sighs> suing you. Um, okay. Did we we pretty much covered all the bases? What about there? books? You mentioned books, but you didn't say oh. any. Do you have a book that you like to read when you're um, you know, for me it was all about comic books. Mm. And being a younger kid, when I got into comic books, life was hard for me. Um, I was single mom, worked a lot. I felt alone a lot. Uh, my dad was still pretty young, and but so I would go visit him like every other weekend. But he was always busy. He's always working. He was like race cars, and he was always working on his cars. And I had no interest in that. And I just felt like sometimes as a kid that I just didn't. I was just didn't have anybody, right? I didn't have uh, like my people. And I identified with comic books so much. That's why I love comic books. And I love comic book movies now is I can remember reading Spider-Man and seeing a Peter Parker, reading about Peter Parker, who was alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, and every time he got close to someone, they would get hurt because that was the nature of the superhero business. And, and so I took um, comfort in the camaraderie of the characters in Marvel, in Marvel comics especially, and to some extent DC, because Superman was kind of the same way where, I mean, he, he had Lois Lane later on. Like mm-hmm. he, he got married to Lois Lane. But for a long time, Superman is just alone for the same reasons. First of all, he doesn't relate real well because he's not human. He's an alien. <laughs> Right. Naturally. That old chestnut. Yes. Um, but man, comic books were just that I would get lost in those worlds, much the same as like when I watched an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. I would just get lost in the pages. And of course, the end of comic a comic book, one issue would lead to the next issue. There was always some big cliffhanger and you would just keep going. And, and it was like you were doing life with Captain America and the Avengers and Thor and, um, all these comic books, the X-Men that I loved and I carried them around with me everywhere. So every time I'd go to my dad's or I'd go to my grandma's, I'd have this huge, this back when grocery bags were the brown paper bags Mm. and comic books, if you stacked them would fit perfectly. It was like the perfect shape. Oh yeah. And I would like, I'd bring my whole collection, my whole stack (laughs) And my dad would make fun of me. He'd be like, what are you carrying around them things for? And so I was like, well, because I like to read them. Uh-huh. And in fact, I like to read those comic books more than I like to watch TV. Yeah. I don't remember in my young, like, especially between the, before the age of like 13 or 14, I don't remember watching a lot of TV. Yeah. Well, I do think it was different back then, right? It, it was. <laughs> like, back then. Well, yeah. half a century ago, nearly. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was a lot different. Like we just didn't because you couldn't watch whatever you wanted whenever you wanted for the most part. Yeah, and so like, there was yeah. there was the appointment television. So after school, 
you get yourself a snack, you watch He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, like they were usually on right back to back to back. And I can remember like eating a bowl of cereal, watching those after school, a Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. were the, were the other appointment television. Yeah. You get up in the morning and you watch the Smurfs. TGIF, Friday night TV. Yeah. See, I didn't, wasn't into those. You were probably old, too old maybe for that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, my family watched them. I yeah. just, by that time I didn't want to hang around my family. Right. right. Cause I was going through my, I don't need you years. <laughs> Those I'm are, not. It's what? a beautiful time in life. <laughs> I'm going to do family stuff. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways. So comic books were a big comfort for me, pop culture wise. And I think that's why I love the movies so much now is in particular Marvel, because the, what Kevin Feige has done with the MCU is he's been very reverent for the most part with the source material. And so seeing these movies on the big screen, for me, hasn't just been about movie entertainment. It's been watching my dreams literally get made mm-hmm. onto a screen. And something about the Marvel movies are very cathartic for me. There is something to like seeing something that you have loved reading come to life. Yeah. Well, the Lord of the Rings eyes. was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings, uh, that was the first time I ever experienced something that I had so treasured Mm -hmm. coming to life visually. Mm -hmm. And I can remember the exact moment it's in uh, the second Lord of the Rings movie, the two towers when the, it's the siege at the end and Gandalf shows up with the reinforcements Yeah, and he's at the top of the hill uh, and the sun is behind him. And as they charge down and the music swells, I remember I just started crying in the theater. Like it's not, it's, it's not, not a moment you're, sentimental. Yeah, you're not yeah. supposed to cry. But for me, it was just like visually, it struck me that that was just how I imagined well, it. Yeah. So that happened to me with Harry Potter, actually. And I can't remember which scene now, but I remember it, I was seeing the movie for the first time and I was like, wait, wait a minute. I've seen this before. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it played out just the way I had envisioned it mentally. Well, and then as long as we're talking about this, there's an amazing comfort in that. Yeah. Like that just feels good. It makes you feel happy to see something you had previously only imagined play out visually in a way that you had imagined it. Right. Because it's super disappointing when it plays out different. Mm -hmm. Right. We talk about that all the time. I mean, we do a podcast about pop culture. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's something about when you see it and it's just like you imagined. Yeah. So for me, books were probably more of something that I went to than movies or TV or music all along. They just weren't always the same. Little women books was little women. I've read little women more than once, but it was, I would not say it's one of my favorite books. Okay. What was your go-to books? <laughs> um, so books that I've read more than one, like, so, um, I mean, there are several I've read more than once, but the Chronicles of Narnia, Mm-hmm. were one that yeah. was like an escape to a fantastical world that I really enjoyed. Um, and then Across Five Aprils is a story about a family that divides in the Civil War. And that was a book that I've read several times that, I don't know, it's just n- nostalgic for me. I remember in grade school, my teacher read it aloud to us, like one chapter at the end of each day or whatever. And um, I've read it several times since. And I don't know, I just... I love the book and and there's something sentimental to me about it for some reason. I don't I don't know why. It's not like I really liked that teacher necessarily, but then another book I've read 
probably half a dozen times is Winesburg, Ohio. And mm. that book is about like a small town in Ohio. And it tells like, it's all, it's all short stories and it's all about the different people in the town. And um, again, small town, small yes, town, vibes. small town vibes. Yeah. And these people like, but this is not an idyllic town. <laughs> yeah. Right. These people, many of them are troubled and I don't know, that one's just interesting because I had a teacher say to me, so we read it in high school in class. And then I had a teacher say, read this again in 10 years and see what you think about these people in 10 years. And I've kind of done that just as I've gotten older, I've gone back and reread it. And it is interesting like to see how your, how your viewpoints change and things like that. And I don't know, I guess I've found comfort in reading, like seeing how I've grown as I read that, you know, Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, Probably the book that's closest to that for me is, and it's the only book that I've read. Um, well, I've read the Lord of the Rings series twice because I read it to one of our kids, mm. uh, our oldest. And I didn't, didn't do that for the younger ones because I guess it's harder to do when you have multiple kids to read <laughs> through an you, entire book. You got to get them together. And Ayla, our oldest, really enjoyed that. Cause I would do voices, my precious, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I would, I would read it like in a way that audiobooks would do it. But, um, but the Hobbit, which is the first, so I read the Hobbit before I read Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I had no idea the Lord of the Rings existed when I first read the Hobbit. Mm. It was just my grandma had had the old uh, Hobbit cartoon. Uh, Ralph Bakshi was like the 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 cartoonist who did the drawings for that movie. And I remember his name specifically because I, I watched that movie. But I remember um, reading The Hobbit multiple times for much the same reason. It was just like this escape into mm-hmm. this adventurous place. A different place, yeah. And then like The Lord of the Rings, when I read it in, I think, my freshman year in high school, um, somewhere around there, was more like the adult version of that. The stakes were bigger. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it was much. It's kind more of more dangerous. of a downer. Because yeah. like, even in the danger of The Hobbit, Tolkien writes it as if it's almost like a, a fable for kids, you know, even though, I mean, the reading comprehension levels beyond kids, but right. Yeah. That was really the only book I read multiple times. Yeah. It wasn't much of a book reader. Okay. All right. We should go, we should ask what Cody thinks. Let's yeah. go, go back to him on the geek phone and uh, see what he thinks uh, about his go-to comfort pop culture is. Danielle, to the geek phone! Let's do it. All right, we're back to the geek phone. Um, We're talking about the pop culture that soothes us, right? The the pop culture that comforts us, our go-to pop culture when we need comfort we've been talking about that uh danielle and i and now we're back on the geek phone with cody so cody when you're hurting when you're down what what's your go-to pop culture um i mean when i'm down i usually go to music Mm -hmm. um and i mean there's so many things cold play cold play <laughs> no but i mean honestly uh beck uh his sea change album was like the best breakup album ever <laughs> I, so, I cannot imagine a young cody b- being broke up with it happened 
um, but it also works for just like rough changes in life that I think it kind of helps you get through it. Um, although I would say you don't want to dwell on that album for too long, but like, eh, there's a season you can listen to it. Why, why do we, why do you think it is that we're comforted when, when like, okay, so our heart gets broken. Why do you think it is? We like to listen to music about heartbreak. Why is that? Uh, misery loves company. (laughs) We do like to know that we're not the only ones that this has ever happened to. Um, And also when someone that's talented can put it to words and uh, arrange a harmony and melody to go with it. um, It just hits the right parts of our brain and, releases whatever chemicals that (laughs) just stimulate us to keep either wanting to listen to that or either move on or stay in that rut. There is something in that, right? Like, um, you know, it's like we feel, uh, we feel that in the songs are right. And, and part of us goes, man, Taylor Swift wrote that song about me. She wrote that song for me. That's exactly what I'm feeling. Does it, do people actually say that about Taylor Swift? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I've ever said, boy, that Taylor Swift song really got me. That um, one. Uh, there's a couple that I would say I can connect with, although it's not like, oh, this is perfect. How <laughs> did she know what I was going through? That, but we're both 1989ers, so. For you, that's more in sync, right? <laughs> in sync, which is really speaking to you. Um, not, not really. <laughs> yeah, and Savage Garden was my boy band. So, <laughs> remind me what songs they sang again. Was that the uh, uh, truly madly deeply? Oh yeah, Jerry yeah. Mary Cola song. Yeah, you know, which is not the name of it, but. Um, <laughs> It's been three weeks since we talked about it, so I forgot already. Uh, And then uh, To the Moon and Back. Oh, oh, all the feels in that one. (laughs) What what movies do you like? Like, what movies do you like when you're down? Oh, so it kind of depends on the reason I'm down, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um. Like when I went away to college and I was off by myself for that time period and first time really away from my family, there was movies that I watched just because it reminded me of my family. Um, Like The Goonies, my dad and sister loved it. And um, like Jurassic Park, my mom would watch those with me. And then, like, if I'm watching a superhero movie during that time period, I would think, oh, my mom would say, this is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> uh, when you said Goonies, I was like, ah, I knew that's why Cody and I are best friends. Oh, best yeah, friends. that was on our house. Or that was on our house all the time. Yeah. All the time. See, Anytime it's on TV. You were the you were the Goondocks kids friends I never had growing up. 
Well, we didn't have kids in our neighborhood either, so mm. happens. Um, wh- what about books? Are there any books that you like to read? Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Just go full on depression. <laughs> you um, know, it's, you know, it's funny. This past week, I've actually talked a lot about Ecclesiastes. Oh, it's actually really good. Yeah. Um, well, it's so there's lots of it that a pastor pastors go to for funerals. Mm-hmm. And and so like I don't know I, I talked about the to, with the chaplain, so the fire chaplain that did my stepdad's funeral. He we, I talked about it with him a lot, and I don't know why Ecclesiastes was just on my mind. Um, I mean, it gives a lot of great advice for those that are still on this side of life that. Hey, good things will happen. Bad things will happen. You got to keep on going through it. You got to keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah. That's a direct Solomon quote. You got to uh, keep on trucking. Yeah. That would be the Cody translation. Um, but Psalms, I mean, there's some good Psalms. Honestly, I'm not a big reader when I'm down. Like, I'll either watch a a movie, a TV show, or I'll be just tuned out with all the music. But for you, it is. um, So I'm noticing like there's a trend with each person and the stuff they go to when they're sad or they're hurting Mm -hmm. for you. It's all, it's like memory based. Yeah. Which is interesting. So for me, it's feelings based. Like, I want to feel this way. Although, um, well, yeah, I mean, it's feelings. So I would go, so Goonies was a favorite when I was growing up because I didn't have any friends. (laughs) I was always the new kid. I wanted, and I envied these kids who grew up together and I wanted to have a group like that. And so like mine was feeling based. And like when I was going through a sad time of like, you know, a breakup or something like that, I would watch things like uh, The Family Man with Nick Cage. Because here's this guy who doesn't care about relationships, and then by the end of the movie, he does. He wants one, and he can't have it. And then at the end, he's he, it's sort of a happy ending. You figure he does. And you're like, oh, see, even that guy found true love. Even uh, Nick so, Cage. Yeah, even Nick Cage. Um, I guess I do have a movie that would be more feelings-based. All right. Um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, you watch that to feel better? it is so depressing until like the very end and then there's like well i mean we can give it another chance (laughs) he's like when i'm really down dave i I, when i'm really down i like to watch schindler's list (laughs) (laughs) well i do like to actually feel that emotion like the intensity of it and get through it. I don't want to dwell there forever, but I want to feel the fullness of it. And then let's move on to the next thing. I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I'm sad, I want to watch a sad movie or whatever. That's interesting. Interesting. Terms of endearment. <laughs> the boy, you got to be a glutton for punishment. If you're already sad and want to watch that. <laughs> But my mom was like one of those people. She loves terms of endearment. Cries like a baby. They'll do it. 
All right, man. Anything else? Um, honestly, like if you want some good music to get you through a rough patch, uh, John Foreman's solo work. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Interestingly, like interestingly enough, you're the second person who's recommended John Foreman's solo stuff to me in the last few weeks. Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Like he'll get you through um loss of family he'll get you through conflicts and faith he'll get you through conflicts and relationship john's there for you he is okay what is your go-to comfort pop culture i said that wrong what is your pop culture comfort go-to's dear listeners uh if you want to share with us what you go to what you like to read what you like to watch what you like to listen to uh just comment below the social media posts for this episode uh we would love to carry on the conversation conversation with you guys uh thank you to cody on the geek phone avoiding getting us sick week (laughs) yeah hopefully because this is terrible i keep you keep talking over me that's rude of me <laughs> and, and of course, thank you to my wife who uh, helped us out this this week by coming and talking about this this, this, this sadder subject matter. Uh, it's good to have those discussions. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we're I'm excited to hear what other people have to say. Hey, make sure and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, what else am I missing? Rate and review our the podcast wherever you're listening to it, and um, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.